why don't you just um, introduce yourself and tell us kind of a little bit about who you are and, and what you do. Cool. Yeah. Uh, my name's Jai. I'm an Australian photographer. I'm based in Melbourne. Um, I travel a little bit and what else do I do? I've got a few different projects going on at once and yeah, I'm keen to talk to you today about uh, what we're going to get up to at Way Up North later on in Germany. Yeah. So right now yeah. you're in Oslo, but you're from Australia mm-hmm. and, and soon you'll be in Germany, but you'll go home and then you'll go to Germany. Yeah. This um, is a good travel in between. What percentage of your life do you feel like you spend away from home? Um, I generally spend each year about three months of the year away. Nice. Yeah. The winter months always? Usually the winter months, yeah. Because winter is so tough in Australia. <laughs> well, I live in Melbourne, and Melbourne, it, can't, it doesn't actually get that cold. Everyone complains it gets cold, but it doesn't snow, so it's not actually crazy cold. But it's cold enough for people to complain, and it's cold enough for me to leave. Fair. I mean, I, I'm in Canada, so I have no sympathy for you. It's probably yeah, exactly. Cold so, exactly. Is, but that's, that's cool. Um, awesome. Well, I hope you're bracing yourself for like September Germany. It might be like it's gonna be hot. I don't know, ten degrees. <laughs> no, it'll be a very oh, okay. comfortable temperature, yeah, but okay. potentially cold to you. Who knows? Well, it's um, I've been on the road for about two months now, and when I travel. I've got to bring stuff for <clears throat> like all climates. So I had, I was in the desert and then I went up to Chicago and it was cold over there. And then uh, I came from Italy and it was really hot. And I just come from Spain and it was really hot. And now I'm here in Oslo and today is cold. Uh, and I head out to Bergen. So you have to have like a suitcase full of stuff, but I so guess the weather is always with, different. Do you travel with like a massive bag or have you like mastered the art <laughs> of like the essentials? Uh, I definitely just have the essentials, but for some reason I I really shouldn't have, but I I brought a whole bunch of film cameras with me and I haven't Mm -hmm. used them once, but I've been dragging around these old heavy film cameras. So I've I've been light and closed, but plenty of film. That sounds pretty photographer likely. (laughs) Now now that you've told us, you'll have to like break out the cameras and use them tomorrow. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I'm going to have to do something with them. Yeah. Now, do you shoot, do you shoot weddings or, or all uh-huh. kinds of things? Or like what, what is your photography business kind of centered around? So my photography business, which is pretty the bird photography, um, that's just purely weddings. I don't, sh- I don't shoot anything else but weddings, um, for work. And mostly because I enjoy shooting weddings and I don't like to do anything else because everything else, I guess is like personal work for me. And I don't like to exchange money for my personal work because then it doesn't feel like personal work. So it's true. Yeah. So weddings, I just keep weddings um, and I only shoot digital cameras for weddings as well. So I don't do anything personal on digital because it just doesn't feel, it feels like work when I pick up my digital camera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I try and kind of keep my life and work pretty separate. Interesting. Okay. That's, that's cool. But yeah. you shoot film when you do kind of whatever yeah, yeah like if I'm traveling, I have like point and shoot cameras and I've got some, you know, 35 mil cameras and medium format cameras that I like to shoot stuff with. Um, yeah, it's just a little bit of fun. And it's also, I don't have to edit a whole bunch of photos, which is a really good thing. <laughs> Extra fun. Yeah. <laughs> How did you get into shooting weddings initially? Um, it's a bit of a funny story, actually. I was, um, I was an electrician. I was working on 
I was working in the mines over in Western Australia and um, I started a blog and the blog was called free the bird. And I bought a camera because when you're working in the mines, you, you make pretty good money. Mm-hmm. And I just started taking photos of anything and everything. I was taking photos of gorges and national parks and leaves and trees and anything. And I'd post them on this blog. And then one day my blog um, got featured on the front page of WordPress. And then right. within that day, I think I had about a thousand emails. And I thought, I thought something was wrong. And um, <laughs> I had a whole lot of people ask me if I could shoot their wedding. So I, uh, being the opportunist that I am, I was like, yeah, no worries. And I just made up a price. I think it was $500 and I booked in a couple <laughs> of weddings. Um, but I didn't really know how to use a camera that well. And I've actually never been to a wedding in my life besides my parents' one, which was in our lounge room when I was a kid. But Amazing. Yeah. So my first wedding, I actually, I shot the wedding and I left after the portraits. So we got to the ceremony. We did the ceremony and I shot portraits and then we went to the reception and I looked around and I noticed everyone's getting ready for dinner. So I was like, okay, so wedding's over. And I went and said goodbye to the bride and groom and I left. Um, and it wasn't until like a year later I realized that I left halfway through the day. And I was like, what, <laughs> <laughs> what did I do that for? Did they ever say anything to you? They never did. No. I thought that was the deal. That's yeah, good. I guess so. <laughs> I mean, let's be, that's the most important stuff, I feel like. Ceremony, portraits. Yeah, and then uh, I guess I think I, I remember asking a couple of people and no one, ever, no one told me that there was a reception, so I just I thought I did what I needed to do and then the rest <laughs> is history. Started my business from there. I love it. I love it. And yeah. then after you shot that wedding, like how, how was your experience at that wedding? Did you think it was super fun or super stressful? Like what did um, you think? I've, I've never been stressed at a wedding. I don't really take on people's stress. I'm really good at just being calm. And um, I really enjoyed the wedding. I think I just, more so than the wedding, I just enjoyed making photos, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it was just so different to what I was doing as my full-time job, which was working, you know, 50, 60 hours a week as an electrician. And I was a leading hand electrician running a big team of people. And it was, it was a pretty high pressure job. So this felt like a, a walk in the park. It was just really easy and really relaxing. And, um, yeah, it was a few months later, I actually decided I didn't have any work lined up or anything, but I just quit my job and I started my, my career as a wedding photographer. So it was pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, and how did you know when it was time to like quit your job and just pursue photography? Was it that you didn't want to do your job anymore or you were just getting enough inquiries about weddings that you felt like you could make it work financially? Um, I definitely wasn't getting any inquiries. Um, (laughs) (laughs) it, it all came down to, I think I just had enough of what I was doing and, um, I knew that I'd be able to make it work because I'm pretty business minded and I've had a bunch of businesses in my life. So I knew, it's basically you can just run it the same as anything else. Um, and it was it came a day where I said I was going to quit next week, but then the red, registration was due on my car, and I said I'll quit the week after. But then I had to replace, I don't know, tires on my car, and then the week after, and then I realized I was making myself up excuses, and there was never a good time to quit. Mm. Um, so I went in that day and I just quit, and there was no safety net or anything, but to me that's the way to do it because I, ha- I had to jump into the deep end and I had to learn how to swim really fast. Mm-hmm. and yeah it was and, really fun it's yeah. been fun ever since <laughs> well, Dad, it's so true there's never the perfect time for anything that's like a big, a no. big you know you just, you gotta, just gotta do it have a bit of fun have some faith yeah. 
yeah. when I, I'm a wedding planner and when I quit my like day job to become a wedding planner, I, I realized quickly that with weddings, because contracts are so long, like a year, you know, I was like, Oh, I guess I need to pay my rent like now. So yeah. I, became, I became a dog walker by day while I was building my business. Yeah, that's <laughs> good. You, you got to do what you have to do, I guess. Yeah, it was, it was lovely. Yeah. Um, excellent. Okay. And do you shoot? Oh, I was going to ask, you mentioned that you started your blog and uh, called it free the birds. One of the, one of the things I was going to ask you was about the name, because I think yeah. that's just like the best name I've ever heard. I don't know yeah. why it just conjures up all the right feelings. So how did you, how did you come up with the name free the birds for your blog? Yeah, it, was, it was pretty interesting. It's, um, I guess like I was a little bit insecure when I was an electrician to tell all the guys on the job site that I was a photographer. So I kind of did it on the side and I, and, and I started the name. Um, and when, when I started my business, I was talking to a few photographers and everyone was telling me at the times you have to name it after you, your own name. And I looked right. around and I noticed everybody was named after their own name. So for me, it was just a really easy way to stand out was just to have a different name. And mm-hmm. with naming a business, it's really good to, if you name it differently, if you name it after something like free the bird, people generally, they want to imagine someone doing something like someone's either given someone the bird or there's a bird, you know, going out of a bird cage or there's something. So they might not remember the name, but if someone said it to them again, because it's back in the back of their mind, it will always come back forward and they'll feel like they've heard of it before. Yeah. So within the first year, um, I went and did a talk actually um, up in Brisbane and I noticed everyone was, you know, handing out each other's cards and everything. But I knew at that time, like I never had to hand out my card because everyone heard of Free the Bird and it kind of, it made my business a bit bigger and seemed like it's been going around for longer than it really was. So it was was an easy way just to stand out and to get my business bigger, faster, I guess. Yeah. I mean, definitely it feels like every photographer is named their name, at least the vast yeah. majority. Now there's a few more kind of interesting names coming out, but, uh-huh. but it definitely is, is memorable. Um, trying to remember a specific photographer's name is way harder. Than- yeah. And I, I'm really terrible with names. So it's um, for me, um, if, you know, if I was just Jai Long photography, uh, I just know no one would remember who I am. And yeah, it's just going to stand out somehow. I guess all the little, all the little things add to a big thing. Yeah, definitely. I like it. That's yeah. cool. And you mentioned you were talking at a thing in Brisbane. Have you have you talked at many conferences before? Like, is this is this old hat to you? What you're going to do at way up north? Uh, it's How definitely not. It's definitely not old hat. I've talked at a few. Um, I've had some pretty good opportunities. I actually talked. Uh, I had my first workshop. I think like maybe 18 months after I started my business, and um, I think I got a lot of haters from that because people were like, "What? Like this doesn't make any sense." But I was teaching, I was teaching business, basically creative business. It wasn't so much photography. Um, but from that, it opened up a lot of opportunities. I think organizers of events like this, they always want someone that, you know, they're going to be able to stand up there confidently and they're going to be able to give content that's relatable or it's, it's practical or whatever it is. And, um, I guess if you've got that skill, then it can be favorable to, to organizers. So, I've done, I've done a talk at Photo Field Trip in Los Angeles and I did one at um, workshop in New York and I've got a few coming up this year. I've got a bit more soul and um, Camp Common Grant, Camp Common Folk and then way up north, obviously. 
yeah, so I've done a few. It's, it's always fun. It's always nerve. It's, you know, I'm always nervous doing it. And I guess that's why I do it as well. Just, <laughs> it, gets me out of my comfort zone. <laughs> push yourself. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. I was going to say you feel, I feel like you're a pretty confident speaker. I got good vibes. You're going to do a good job. I can tell. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> uh, this is actually my first podcast I've ever done. So I was a oh, bit nervous okay. about this podcast. Oh my but, God. Yeah. Are you less nervous now that you realize it's just me chatting to you? Um, I don't know. I think I, I was just nervous because I've always said no. Everyone, I've had a lot of people ask me, but I've always said no, but I don't really like the sound of my own voice. And I don't usually listen to podcasts. So I've always kind of been on the no side of things, but when way up north asked me, I was like, no, I probably should stop saying no and start saying yes. <laughs> yeah. Know. It's kind of nice, you know, a little informal look behind the, the presenter. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I won't ask you any of my big gun questions. We're just chatting. It's fine. Oh, you can ask, ask away. <laughs> and also we have like, we have a lovely editor. So like we can say all of the dumbest shit we want. And oh, fantastic. We'll take, out, we'll take out any of the stupid stuff and he'll just make us sound brilliant. Oh, awesome. That sounds great. I'll probably leave that in. So now yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Leave that bit, but then let's get rid of this next bit. <laughs> yes, let's get rid of this next bit where I ask, uh, do you, are you married? Do you have kids? Do you have a dog? What's I am married. I just got married last year, actually. Um, oh, congratulations. Yeah, it was really good. I um, had a really good photographer come over from the U.S. to shoot my wedding, and that was really fun. That was going to be my follow-up. Who shot your wedding? Yeah, it was actually Narad Patel. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah so I've looked up to him for a long time. I love his work, so it was really cool to actually finally meet him and, and um, let him work his magic on my wedding. What was the experience like being the groom, like being a bride and groom and being on that side of it? Do you feel like that that sort of changed anything about how you see the experience or taught you um, anything? Totally. It definitely did. It made me realize how much work goes into a wedding, for sure. Uh, it also made me realize like how much well, for myself, that I didn't care about photos on the day. Um, I knew I wouldn't really care anyway, but um, I was more so like, you know, I really want to just go and see my friends and family. And I have to probably say sorry to Mirav for that because I probably didn't give him enough portrait time. But for me, it, it wasn't about portraits and photos. It was, it was like I had friends and family from all around the world and I just couldn't wait to party with everyone. And I know when I'm shooting a wedding, I always respect that of my couples as well. It's like I try and do all my portraits as fast as I can. Um, and I don't rush them. It's just that I don't want to spend, you know, loads of time doing that because it's all about them having a good time and interacting with their family and me taking photos of that. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. And when you got your photos back, did you find, did you find that was more the photos you liked were like candids of the reception and stuff like that versus the more kind of formal portraits? Yeah, totally. I think, um, Narav actually came around the night before and we got some, I had a friend give me a tattoo and oh. And Lilu a tattoo as well, and it was really cool. It was like midnight, and our mum was like both of our mums were around, and all, all my brothers and sisters and friends and people I haven't seen for a long time. And he got out a needle and he's just giving us little tattoos on our, me on my leg and a, a matching tattoo for Lilu on her wrist. And um, Narev got a whole bunch of photos of it, and I think things like that, like to me, it means a lot more than you know actual portraits where all I'm doing is just I don't know looking good in front of the camera. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, take that, edit that bit out. And is your, is your wife traveling with you now or are you like solo lone wolf tripping? No, she, um, I was away for a month by myself. I, um, I shot a wedding in Italy and then I flew straight over to Chicago and I shot a wedding and then I was hung out in the U S for a little bit, um, just seeing some friends, but she came and met me in London and then we just road trip to Spain together. So which is really cool. And then we're about to shoot a wedding in Norway together, which is cool. Nice. Okay, cool. So she's a photographer also. She's a designer, um, but she she shot the first wedding with me, and every now and then she comes and helps me when, when I need. So it's really good. And we shoot super similar because we both started at the same time. And yeah, okay. she's a really good photographer. She just doesn't take it seriously. <laughs> it's kind of I always think it would be nice to do do my job with my significant other and yeah. travel together. Well, we work on um, separate businesses, but we work on the same desk. So we've got like a shared studio space. And we've got a big desk cuz I've got a few different businesses and I sit on one end and then I've got a guy that works for me full time and he sits between me and Lilo. So I feel sorry for him. I'm sorry, Morgan. Um <laughs> but yeah, it's pretty cool because you know, we just wake up we don't have any routine. We wake up one over time, get, we go for a walk, get a coffee in the morning and then just walk into the studio and we both just, you know, we leave at different times of the day and do our thing. But it's, it's really cool that we can share our lives together like that. Yeah. So cool. nice. Yeah. Cool. Is she coming to way up north? Uh, no. Um, I've got a bit of a hectic schedule for the rest of this year. So from here, I shoot this wedding in Bergen, but I'm actually then I'm flying to Kenya to shoot a wedding. Oh, and wow. then I've got to go back to Melbourne and shoot a wedding in Melbourne and then the next day in Brisbane and then I've got to go back to Melbourne the next day and then I'm driving to Brisbane for uh, something else and then I'm flying to Germany just for a couple of days and I've got to fly straight back because then it just keeps going like that for the next six months. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I understand. It's the same. Uh-huh. I think I, I get to way up north the day before and I leave the day after. It's, it's yeah. always an aggressive time of year for us. Yeah, um, lots of and where is your favorite where is your favorite place you've shot a wedding so far or you can give me a few if one is too hard <clears throat> yeah I can, give you, I can give you probably um two places um one is i've been shooting uh walking distance to my house lately and that's just been incredible i live in like a really trendy part of uh melbourne called collingwood and um within walking distance of my house within maybe you know half a kilometer or I don't know if that is a quarter of a mile. Um, there's maybe like four or five really trendy um, and my favorite venues. So lately I've literally just been going and I shoot a wedding and then I have a couple of drinks with them and then I just literally walk home and it's, and it's been an absolute dream. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. And then I think my favorite destination wedding would have to be one I shot in Oregon. In um, the, It was is a place called the Albert Desert and um, it's the most – it's the most secluded area in the U.S. Um, yeah, and that was just really cool because it was just like white sand desert and then big uh, mountains all the way around that was snow-capped and then the big clouds would come over and, yeah, it was pretty magic. There was all hot springs all over the place and everything. If you, if you could choose, would you prefer to shoot more um, destination weddings or more closer to home? Um, I'll, I should probably closer to home for choice. Um, mostly cause I just love like sleeping in my own bed. I love walking down to my favorite coffee shop and take my dog to the park. 
Um, and truth be told, you, you get paid more if you're not spending two days traveling on either side of a, of a um, wedding as well. So financially it, it works, you know, a lot better. And I've also got a whole bunch of other businesses as well. So it's um, for me to, to keep productive with everything and to keep my time uh, spread across all the different businesses. It's, it's much better from not in an airport. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. it's so true what you said. I think a lot of photographers or, you know, anyone in the creative field love the idea of doing destination because it's kind of inspiring to be somewhere new and, and you get, you feel like you get some travel out of it, but it really, it really isn't worth it financially if you, if you get down to what you end up spending when you're away and just the time of traveling. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, I've always said, like, people say, oh, it's amazing because you can fly somewhere and they'll pay you and then you can shoot their wedding and you're there and it's kind of like a holiday. But I feel like I could shoot a wedding in Melbourne, get paid the same, and then fly somewhere with that money and have a holiday. <laughs> like, I'm just like, I'm like, that just makes more logic to me. But I don't know. <laughs> Having said that, though, I, I, um, I do shoot quite a few destination weddings and I do love it. It's always a crazy experience and I have really cool couples as well. But taking around the place. So it's really cool. Yeah. That sounds pretty good. So yeah. at this point, it's like a month and a, about two months or so till way up North. Have you started thinking about, about your presentation? Mm-hmm. Don't yet? tell me that you're trying to make me nervous. Um, I have, I have, I've actually mostly put it together now, nice. which is good. I've got, um, my slides together and everything. And, yeah, I, I think all I have to do is just sort of like get out all the finer details, but I think it's coming along nicely and I hope it's different to what anyone else is talking about. Yeah. Awesome. And what, like without giving away the farm on it, like what, what can we expect from you? Like what are you talking about just sort of roughly? Um, these conferences are always, they're always hard, especially when you've got free reign of like what, what are you going to talk about? And then you think about, you know, there's other photographers talking and you look up to them as well it's like, what, what can you bring to the table that can be a little bit different? And, um, for me, I, I, I love talking, I love keeping it to what I'm passionate about. And, um, I really am passionate about creative business and creative entrepreneurs. And I'm really fascinated by that side of it, of things and seeing how, like, I guess like photographers, they don't realize it, but a lot of photographers accidentally fall into business um, because, you know, they love photography and they did a photography degree and then they spend asked them to shoot a wedding and the next minute they've got to produce an invoice and now they've got to have a profit and loss statement and now all of a sudden there's a whole business. Um, and they never set out to do that. And so for me, I'm like really intrigued by that whole aspect of how that works and how people navigate through it. And I have a business background myself and so I, um, I find it really easy. So I, I kind of like things I like to teach is, is how do you make business fun or how do you make it creative and how do you bring the things that you love or what you're passionate about in life? Like how do you bring that into your business? So you're equally as passionate about your business. So that's kind of like what I'm, what I'm going down. Yeah. Awesome. That's, I feel like I'm going to, I normally like go hide and like, in the back when, <laughs> once I get the speakers on stage, but I feel like I'm going to listen to you yeah, because I feel, I feel like one of those people, I hate the business side and that totally, that totally ring, rang true. Whatever um, yeah. what you just said, where it's like, I never set out to have a business and now I have like a staff and 
all of this administrative side and and I you know you sort of create your processes as you, as you have the need to like keep track of what clients are where and when and who owes what and who you have to invoice yeah absolutely and it's, it's a, it can it can be like um daunting and it can be you know just like a crappy thing that people don't want want to do but at the end of the day I feel like it's really creative and what people don't realize is you you create yourself a lifestyle so you can be creative and create yourself a lifestyle and for me it's like I don't have to you know set an alarm any day or wake up any time or be in anywhere ever except on Saturdays on a wedding day but it's like you can create yourself that lifestyle you've got that power and um yeah I find I find that you know it's it's pretty empowering it's pretty enjoyable yeah that's a very good perspective yeah I feel like I created myself a life where I don't have to set an alarm without even intentionally doing that totally you know (laughs) not everyone does it a lot of people I mean you talk around um the people that are like successful and they're doing things they've they've done it but other people you know they haven't left their day job and they're just a little bit too scared and they need a little bit of a push to realize like it's not hard it's it can be fun Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I was, I actually, um, I was bankrupt by the time I was 21 after my first business. So I've kind of already been there and I know I'll probably be bankrupt again in the next 10 years if everything goes right. And, um, <laughs> it's not something I'm scared of, you know, there's no, there's no fear there for that. And it's, um, I guess every, everyone has their own different life experiences that brings them to that point. But, uh, I think it's exciting for me to, talk to people and, and give them that fresh energy or perspective. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. what do you, what do you think like ideally after your talk, people are walking away from the theater to go get their lunch or drink or whatever. What are uh, you hoping that they're feeling or, or what they're talking about with each other after? What yeah. Okay. Well, I'm hoping that they, um, they just have like a different mind shift, um, like shift of mind of where they just like, from, oh man, like it sucks that we've got to, you know, do these businesses and, and like, I'm trying to get successful, but I don't know where I am. I don't have a map and I, you know, I don't have a business plan to just like a subtle change of like, oh, actually I am a business owner and I'm going to take control of it and I'm going to step up to that role because, you know, whether I like it or not, I'm doing it. And to do that, I'm going to be creative. I'm going to have, you know, a lot of fun with it. And yeah, I feel like I hope that I change the there's perspectives a little bit um, and, and also give them a little bit of clarity as well. Like it's, the more simple business becomes, um, the more clarity you have and the more clarity you have, the easier things become because you're not worrying about things or you're not, you know, your mind can be, can be free just to, to do the creative process, I guess, start brainstorming things and coming up with new projects and ideas. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It can be, it can be overwhelming to think about, you know, all the business things you should be doing. So <laughs> yeah, it'll be nice to hear your perspective on getting. Yeah. And as you can probably already hear, I'm already excited about it, which is weird because it's not an exciting topic, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think it is though. I think, I think anyone can go off and, and talk about like inspiration or like how to make a pretty landscape photo, but this is the stuff that people need to hear and need to think about and probably avoid thinking about most of us. So that sounds yeah. awesome. I think that one of the other things that um, like people don't realize is like, you know, like I love photography as much as any other photographer, but it's, um, it comes down like if you want to take landscape photos and, you know, do all these amazing things is you've got to create yourself a business where it takes your craft to the person that's willing to pay and that loves your craft 
to be, to enable you to continue doing what you love to do, if that makes sense. So it's kind of just like putting the whole, like joining the circle, I guess. Yeah. And, um, and then that way you can spend more time listening to talks about inspiration of landscape photography. And, not that there's anything cool wrong things. with being inspired about landscape photography. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> I actually, like I, I take my hat off to landscape photographers because I think it's an amazing skill that I don't have. I just don't have the patience for it. And I, mm, I just, totally. like when people have it, I'm like, oh man, that's really good. <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah. 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 My, my mom, who's like uh, 72 took up photography a couple years ago mm-hmm. and now for the record has more Instagram followers than I do. Oh, and, wow. uh, she, she takes a lot of photos of the moon. That's like yeah. her jam and like the night sky. And I'm like, Oh man, like she goes up there for hours and like gets the one photo that she wanted. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, they just got a lot of dedication. I've got a friend that also does it, and it's just like he'll sit out there until the very perfect light hits the mountain, and it'll be like three hours' time. It takes a photo, and then, all right, that's it. I'm like, I can't do it, man. I take a photo, and I'm walking away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little more, a little more fast-paced doing what yeah. I like that, yeah. Absolutely. I love it. Um, okay. So right before you go on stage at way, at way up North, actually we'll be together, you and I, and I'll be like getting a mic on you. Um, you're going to be giving me pep talks. I'm going to have I'll sweat. Be, I'll, I'll be like drying your forehead. Exactly. Uh huh. We'll have um, the sweats. I'm going to have to get you to do me an Instagram story actually. So I walk on and kind of look like I'm famous, you know, like yeah, walk I, now I, I, people. I, I love an Instagram story. I will so do Yeah. That. Yeah. And then you have to do like a little selfie with it and, and then I'll be like, Hey, stop that. I love it. I love it. So, so how nervous are you going to be on a scale of one to 10? Um, it's hard to, it's hard to know. Like, I don't know, maybe, maybe am I more nervous about this podcast? I don't know. Um, I haven't talked in front of 500 people, however many people are going to be there. So that's going to be different. Um, also I don't speak German. So that's a bit I different. mean, I don't, th- I don't speak German. I don't think that, <laughs> I don't think there's going to, it's going to be as much non-Germans as Germans, I'm sure. Uh-huh. Um, but am I going to be nervous? It's, it's an interesting one because I've actually been reading a lot of books about um, a thing called emotional intelligence. And mm-hmm. that's basically, there's like these concepts. So um, th- this comes down to exactly what you're saying. If you're standing in line for a roller coaster, you can stand there and you can, you know, your palms get sweaty and you and you can already start living the roller coaster ride and you get nervous and you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this. But you've actually created yourself a scenario where it hasn't even existed, but you're already living it. Mm-hmm. And then when you go onto the roller coaster, it's not as bad as you actually think it, thought it was. Like you stress yourself out for no reason. Yeah. Um, and, and then like trying to like, you know, snap yourself out of it and just going like, all right, there's no point of starting a scenario that doesn't exist yet because you, you know, you just wasting time. You might as well just go out there and see what actually happens. And maybe I'll be terrible and it doesn't really matter. That's the thing. <laughs> it's just, you know, yeah. That's the perfect mindset. I did. I spoke once at, at one of the way up north, and I mean, I was so busy before I didn't have time to get nervous. But uh-huh. I'm also a singer, and I just sort of told myself before, like this will be the same as that, which is you'll get up there and you'll like do the thing you do, and then afterwards you'll kind of wish you were still doing it because it's fun. Yeah, so yeah. 
yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure you'll have a good time. And the people that come to way up north are so lovely. Like you could be terrible and they'll still, they'll still enjoy it. Well, that's what I'm counting on. <laughs> you heard yes. it here first, people. Jai yeah, is yeah, really yeah. terrible and your job is to love it anyways. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's what's interesting. Um, and look, I love, I'm like really transparent with, you know, most things. Um, and I love just talk, like talking to people. If I'm up on stage, um, like what's the difference between me and anybody else that's in the room? Like, you know, I'm nervous and people hate public speaking and I hate public speaking, but I'm here and I'm doing it and I'm human. Obviously I feel nervous and I feel like, you know, everyone can relate. Like there's, there's no shame in it. That's for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think you won't be nervous. We're going to do a great Instagram story. I'm going to pick a bunch of really good gifts to stick on there because I just learned how to do that recently. Oh, nice. <laughs> Getting onto the gifts. <laughs> I feel like I need to look at your Instagram while I chat to you because I looked at it. <coughs> what, is, what is your, I always like to ask people, what is your relationship with Instagram like? Um, I, I've got so many Instagram accounts. It's a bit stupid. I have to, you know, Instagram won't let me log into all my accounts I have to like go through and I think I'm logged into like five, but then I have to like log out and then log into other accounts. Yes. I totally um, understand. Yeah. Is this because um, you have so many businesses or like be honest, yeah. you have one for your dog? Like tell me the truth. Um, well, yeah, I do have one for my dog. That's and so that's just high. like, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me the dog <laughs> one. Tell me the dog one. Uh, it's Pee Monster, but she's, um, it's, it's just like for my friends, you know, it's, it's the one where I can like finally go on there and I can swear and I can do funny stuff. And because yeah, I guess like with every Instagram account too, it's like, I, like you kind of realize that you like curate yourself, you curate your life. Like how do people perceive you and what you're putting out there? And it's, it's pretty interesting really. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's, um, I've actually just started, um, a little side project with a photographer friend of mine and we have an alter egos for, for this new project. And it's really fun because it's like, why can't you be someone else? You know, why can't you be an entertainer? Like, why do you have to be authentically yourself? Yeah. You can authentically entertain people. And I think that's really cool. I agree. What's your, what's your side project? Tell us more about that. Yeah, it's, um, it's actually really exciting. It's, it's, uh, we have a photographer called Ryan Muirhead. Yeah. We and, know. Uh, yeah. And we've, we've started seeing, so I'm Jai and he's Ryan and we record ourselves Ray and Jay. So that's our alter egos. And we're kind of like, it's kind of like, you know, we're from like the eighties and we're dodgy and uh, <laughs> just like a little, a lot more fun, but um, it's a creative conference. It's creative entrepreneurs and artists and just getting together and doing a bunch of things. But what's really exciting is we're buying a tour bus and we're driving from the East coast to the West coast of the U S for a month. And we're doing five cities and we're going to have a whole bunch of people with us. And we've got a bus driver and a cook and a whole lot of stuff. So amazing. Yeah. It's going to be really fun. It's, it's like, it. it's something that I haven't seen anyone else do. So it's kind of like, it's exciting because we don't know, you know, it could be a flop or it could be, you just don't know. It's like uncharted for us, I guess. And yeah, it's exciting. I like yeah. it. That's cool. Um, how did you come to meet Ryan? Like, how did this come to be? Um, actually, it was it was years and years ago. Um, what was it? Maybe four or five years ago. And I I was in Portland, and um, the first year I came to the US, I 
was a, it was the first year of my business as a wedding photographer. And what I did was I sold my car, I had this really nice car and I sold my car to sort of fund myself um, because I had no inquiries coming in. But with that money, I bought two plane tickets to the US and I booked a whole bunch of free weddings to shoot. Mm-hmm. So I think I booked maybe like eight or nine weddings and in exchange to like sleep on couches or, you know, someone put, put us up somewhere or in exchange of some sort of generosity. Yeah. Um, so I spent three months in the US and I was cruising around and I was just contacting people on Instagram, just saying like, Hey man, I'd love to catch up or have you got a couch to sleep on and things like that. And then Ryan popped up. He was actually a friend of one of my friends in Melbourne. And so I wrote him a message and um, he was like, yeah, man, I'd love to come and uh, have breakfast. So yeah. And that was that. Awesome. The rest is history. The rest is history. And that trip, like I think I met so many really cool people. Um, and it's just because I put myself out there and I really just like went and shook hands all over the country and yeah, really good connections that, you know, some of my best friends today. So that's really cool. That's super cool. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Before I let you go, um, because I realize mm-hmm. it's getting late there, so I will, I'm going to ask, what is, what is something about you that people would be surprised to know, like a hidden talent or just like a random oh. something you've done? <laughs> It's so hard. It, like, my, I think my life is pretty crazy, and it's um for me, it's pretty normal because it's my life. But people always are telling me weird and wonderful things. I probably can tell you a whole bunch of weird and wonderful things, but um, oh, what's one crazy weird thing? Um, I. I think, I think when I, when I, after I went bankrupt when I was 21, me and my partner, we were homeless and someone gave us a car and that was really cool. Amazing. And we lived in the car. Someone just yeah. gave you a car? Yeah. I had a friend and the car was sort of falling apart and they were going to throw it away actually. It was like kind of like that bad, but yeah, they gave us a car and it had a little bit of rego and we moved into that for a little bit. Oh, yeah, that's a, pretty, um, that's a pretty fun fact. What kind of car was it? Do you remember? It, it was an old Toyota, um, Tarago, so it was like a family van oh, kind of thing. That's pretty good digs, actually, com- compared yeah, to like, it was really cool. or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was so cool. Actually, the um, the day after, because I used to own a cafe. And okay. um, so the day fact. after, what's that, sorry? I said that was another fun fact. <laughs> yeah, so the day, I opened that up when I was 20, and uh, uh, I was bankrupt by the time I was 21. <laughs> so the day after um, that all closed down, I hopped in their car, me and Lilo, and we drove out to the beach and we were on the headland. And I remember waking up the next morning and I was just like laying there in the car and I was looking out the window and the sun was rising over the horizon, over the ocean. And I remember just feeling like this big weight off my shoulders. And I was like, man, like how lucky am I? Like I've just got this beautiful view right now and I live in the most you know beautiful place in the world. And yeah, it just felt really, really nice. And I think that was the probably turning point for me of like, you know, why are people scared of losing everything? Because it, it feels nice to have nothing. Okay. <laughs> hey, deep. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. I like it. Okay, good. <laughs> Perfect. Um, okay. Well, I'll let you get back to your night, uh-huh. but, but don't hang up yet, but I'm going to sign off with you because yeah. you need to stay online with me while the file downloads for a minute, but I will officially say thank you so much. Jai, and we will, we'll see you in a few short months in Cologne. Yeah, thank you, Aaron. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. It's my first podcast. I'm a podcast virgin, but no longer, so it's pretty cool. You came through it unscathed. Yeah, it's pretty cool. (laughs) 
This is Acast Recommends. Every week we pick one of our favorite shows and this is one we think you're going to love. Hi folks, this is Rick Wilson from The Daily Beast's The New Abnormal. And I'm Molly Jongfast, a left-wing pundit and editor-at-large at The Daily Beast. I'm also an editor-at-large at The Daily Beast, a former Republican political strategist, best-selling author, and full-time troublemaker. Every Tuesday and Friday, we have fun, sharp conversations with people like Mary Trump, who revealed why her uncle is the worst president we've ever had. Or Ben Stiller on how the world of comedy is changing thanks to our political landscape. Tune in to The New Abnormal to hear us have fun conversations about a world gone mad. Acast is home to the biggest podcast from the U.S. and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts.